Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to the We Shall Not Sleep podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again. To those brothers and sisters in the United States, happy post-Independence Day. Hope you all had a safe and fun holiday. I was over at the lake, and we were tubing with some kids. It was such an amazing time. I got sunburned like a lot of Americans. I know that other people got sunburned, too, because all the aloe in the store was gone, save one bottle, which I picked up. Uh, so that was nice. But in any case, I, like I said, I wish you guys well. I know that for those of us who are back here uh, to work on a Wednesday, it's a very short working week. It actually feels like a Monday. It's very strange uh, just because of the timing. Uh, I worked on Monday, off Tuesday, work on Wednesday through Friday. It's like, that's really odd to have a Tuesday off for a federal holiday. So in any case, uh, that that was awesome. So I appreciate you joining us tonight, wherever you're listening, however you might be listening to us, whatever platform, such as SoundCloud, where we're hosted, or Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, wherever. I'm grateful for your listenership. We also have our YouTube channel. Check us out on Facebook. And if you ever want to email, give feedback to the show, wsnspodcast at gmail.com. So to, tonight, I just want to talk briefly on, on a topic. So we were going through 1 Corinthians at my church and this weekend is 1 Corinthians 8, and it's about the food being consecrated and sacrificed to idols. And the passage really kind of breaks down into like three distinct chapters. You have the initial thing where, where Paul's talking about knowledge and you know admonishing people. For those who, who think that they have knowledge, they just puff themselves up and they're full of hot air, basically, because we understand knowledge of the Holy One is what counts in being known by God in return. Well, then he turns to the fact that he goes, now, with food being consecrated to idols, now let's just be clear here. Food is nothing. It doesn't mean anything, so whether it's consecrated or not, it's nothing. It doesn't mean anything to God. And then he says in the third thing, but, for example, if a brother or sister of yours is a little bit weaker in their conscience, they're maybe newer to the faith, and they have a conviction, he's basically telling them to practice forbearance, like, listen to them. Don't, for the sake of you, you might not have an issue with this, but for them, it's a stumbling block. So for the sake of your brother and sister, why don't you forbear with one another? And it's, it's a calling to our own witness and that the fact that it's not our own because one, our faith is not our own because we've been bought with by a price. And then two, our witness affects other people. And it's like a woe to those who may stumble on our account. And my goodness, as somebody who has become more of a prominent figure in the lives of some of these children that look to as somebody to play with, wrestle with, play in the water, look after, babysit, take on adventures. It's something that, oh my goodness, the weight of that hits you and like, I've better not only be on my best behavior because that's something I ought to be doing, but these kids are like sponges. And for those of you who are parents or grandparents, you know how quick kids pick up on something, whether it's a phraseology, particular word, a pattern of behavior, or obedience, disobedience, they absorb everything, especially someone who's new, that they're trying to figure out whether or not that's a safe person or a trustworthy person or not. They are nothing but a sponge, and all their sensory uh, information is being pointed in, in that direction. They are saying, well, who is this person? What is this person to me? Can I trust them? And so when you understand you're in that position, not just with kids, but other fellow brothers and sisters, what you say, what you do, how you act, how you live your life in private and in public, what are you willing to do for the sake of others? And more importantly, the scarier question is, what are you 
not willing to do? Is there a point where you're going to say, you know what? I'm just not going to do that. I don't feel comfortable or I, I can't do that at all. Like That's going to be rough. That can be very, very rough sometimes because when we put our own selfish desires in our faith, it is a recipe for disaster, unfortunately. We don't end up getting what we truly want and desire in our souls. We get a shell of it. And that's where, when it comes to faith for other people, is that it's a reminder that this isn't about us. Paul is calling us higher that we are accountable to each other. We usher in the kingdom of God. That's what we're supposed to do. We gather together Sunday mornings to worship the collective and triune God. And then every other, you know, 23 hours and six days of the week, it, it's supposed to be an outpouring of that God that we worship. We're supposed to be pointing back to that saying, why don't you join us on Sunday? Because it's the best time. Because we get to take this and we get to take it out into the streets. We get to take it out into our relationships. And every interaction that we have, we get to honor God and bring that kingdom in. What a, an amazing thing that must be. And so when, when it comes to this, this thing that we do, this thing called life, what I want to remind us of is that we don't do this alone. You see, isolation and loneliness has is, is, is become more of a bigger thing, depression. We, we've lost two of my classmates from 2016 from Olivet due to suicide. Beautiful people, people that you just would never know that they struggled in that way. And it just breaks your heart. It's a reminder that no matter how much we give, sometimes you don't really know what's going on because people are very good at guarding themselves, especially now in a social media era. We could project the image so well of, of what we want other people to see that how many of us besides God actually know what's going on in our hearts, including our family members, including our spouses. And, and that type of that isolation especially spiritually, if you feel like you're on an island all by yourself, can be so devastating to those whose faith is not built upon the rock. Because we know, and I'm not talking about living a life free from adversity or struggle or um, admonition. Like, it doesn't, I'm not, I'm not talking about that because we're promised that. Like, that's going to happen if we're li living our life in, in such a way that it's supposed to, you know, be, um, it's supposed to be, Counterculture, you're going to run into those problems. But then I think to myself, too, what if there's brothers and sisters in our lives that through prayer and through fasting, they would be called to the aid of another person? What about that? Just something to be thinking about. I, it's amazing that when you start reading your Bible more, you start digging into what Scripture says. And again, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, I cannot tell you enough, the wisdom of God. The things that, that come out of that. Basically, wait patiently for the Lord. Delight in God. He'll give you the desires of your heart. And then fear God and keep His commandments. For that's the beginning of wisdom. But fe fools basically despise knowledge 
and they don't like reproof. They're stupid. This is an amalgamation of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Psalms, all the ancient words. And I promise you, once you get to that, if, if it's something that you're craving, and you're not, I'm not talking, talking about batting a thousand, it's not going to be susceptible to temptation. We'll still sin. We'll still have bouts of anger. You ever see me on the golf course? It can be embarrassing. Stuff I have to get down on my knees and repent for because it's flat out embarrassing. That it's it's just it's just something that I, <laughs> when you can have that perspective. It's almost as if you have a cheat code sometimes to life. Because God being the author of all this, he knows everything. And he knows what's best for you. And things just become so clear. The peace that comes with fearing God instead of fearing anything else. It's just... It's just a reminder of that our Creator wants such a intimate relationship with us. He doesn't demand it. He, he desires it. And he wants us to desire the same thing. And it's so beautiful. His faith to us never wearies. He's always there lending a hand. And we get to be sojourners of that. We get to speak that truth, regurgitate it, and bear that image every day. And we get to do so with each other, not in isolation. We get to be there for each other. And it's just something that makes me smile. Because during this holiday weekend, I was with a, a wonderful family. And all I could think about is how do we impact Christ? How do we share the gospel? How do we do this better? So here's some things that I've been thinking about, guys. I, sincerely, thank you for putting up with me. We got some good things coming that, that by the end of the year. I know I keep saying that, but I, I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. And talking about forbearance, you guys have certainly been doing that here. So uh, I love you guys. I hope that you continue to receive God's blessing in many ways as you continue to reach out and fear God and keep his commandments. In that regard, may God bless you and may God keep you.